Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. So if I'm preaching about bring ye tithes into the storehouse, I probably need to also be preaching about a living wage. If I'm preaching about, uh, you know, helping the community, I, I ought to be out in the community feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. I got I'm not just here uh, the church is not just here the, the Christians are not just here uh, none of us are just here for some feel-good country club living Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, our reading today comes from the gospel according to Luke, the first chapter. I'm going to read verses 68 through 79. Again, that is Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79. And I am reading the New International Translation of God's Word. Let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show us mercy, show mercy to our ancestors, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this opportunity to study your word and gather once again in your name. Lord God, let every word that I speak and thought that I think be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross so people don't see me, but they see Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit do a work that only it can do in your people as this word goes forth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about saved to serve. Saved to serve. I like a good rescue story. I think about the number of popular shows that have something to do with rescuing another person. 
shows about doctors saving people through surgery and attorneys saving people in the courtroom and law enforcement officers uh, saving people uh, throughout their day-to-day, military operators saving people, show after show about someone who needs help and the good guys coming to save the day. Uh, We all like rescue stories. Not only do we like rescue stories, but uh, we also like redemption stories too. Uh, Stories where people take an old house and fix it up or a dirty house and clean it up, making the house look like new. We enjoy stories uh, where a company boss learns to be a better boss and helps the employees who might be struggling with something as well. We like shows where people receive a second chance at life. We like to see things redeemed. And that kind of psychology plays out in our day-to-day lives. Think about how many rewards programs there are for retail stores. How many fast food restaurants have apps that will give you free food after a certain number of purchases. People like to feel valued for their work. People also appreciate an item more if they had to work for it or if they had it and lost it and got it back again. We like to see things redeemed. And we see some redemption in scripture today in the gospel according to Luke with Zechariah. That's who was speaking uh, when the passage was read. Uh, Although we don't know the age of Zechariah the priest and his wife Elizabeth, we do know that they are at least beyond childbearing years. At the beginning of Luke chapter 1, Luke says that both were getting on in years, verse 7 actually. And Zechariah confirms this in his only comment when the, arch, when the angel Gabriel tells him that they're going to have children. He, he says, I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years, around verse 18. And, and people would be confident to assume that Zechariah and Elizabeth we're not going to have any children. That train had left the station. That shop was closed. But there was somebody else in the Bible that had someone tell them that they were going to have children when they were supposedly too old to have it. Abraham and Sarah received similar news like Zechariah and Elizabeth did, and Sarah laughed at it. Zechariah, however, wanted more information. How how do we know you're going to have children? And for that one thing, Zechariah would no longer be able to talk until the birth of his son, whose name was John. If I could share with you, there have been... um, some situations that have frustrated me sometimes, uh, just being transparent, where somebody was offered something, and because they had a bunch of questions about what they were being offered, the person said, never mind, I'm going to go work with somebody else. 
missed out on a blessing because you wanted to pick at that blessing. And an angel comes to Zechariah and says, you're going to have a child. And he asks questions and he still got the blessing, but he was mute until that child was born. He could not talk. He had to write what he wanted to say or communicate using a tablet. And then Elizabeth gave birth to John. Leading up to that, there was a celebration. There was a celebration because those who thought that they were too old to have children were going to have children. What a wonderful occasion. Then there was some confusion because they didn't know what they were going to name the child. But Zechariah provided the confirmation. The child's name was going to be John. What a wonderful name that is. That's a, that's a nice name. I like the sound of that, John. That is a, that's a real good name right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Zechariah, who had been tending to worship in the temple, never spoke another word until eight days after John's birth when it was time for John to get circumcised. And suddenly he can talk. And that's where we join in the scripture. Because uh, he says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has raised up a mighty savior for us. Zechariah is so happy, he broke out into song. And this song is referred to as the Benedictus. I'm going ahead and use that expensive seminary education I have. Uh, a hymn of prophecy and praise. Zechariah sings this song because it is a fulfillment of scripture, a scriptural promise, a covenant, a contract that the people of God will be saved. You know what I like about uh, the gospel according to Luke and what I actually like about the Greek in general is this word saved. We have a, a misconception of what it means to be saved when we put it up against what the Bible actually says, and when you look at the words that they use for the Greek, uh, I would gather to think that most people, when they think about being saved, they think about being saved like it is fire insurance. This is going to prevent me from going to hell. But saved in the Bible, in the Greek, the word that was used was sozo. And so the gospel of Luke is not just spiritualizing salvation. Uh, uh, Jesus is the embodiment of salvation for both Israel and the nations. And this is engaging in a mission that not only delivers forgiveness from sin, but is also there to challenge the structures of economic and political power and social privilege. The Greek word used for salvation is to save the whole self, not just the spirit. This salvation is about the entire well-being of the person and not just one aspect. So if I'm preaching about bring ye tithes into the storehouse, I probably need to also be preaching about a living wage. If I'm preaching about, uh, you know, helping the community, I, I ought to be out in the community feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. 
I, I got, I'm not just here, uh, uh, the church is not just here, the, the Christians are not just here, uh, none of us are just here for some feel-good country club living. We got to be out in the community saving souls, not just getting them fire insurance, but getting them uh, what they need for their day-to-day lives and challenging the structures put in place to oppress them. And so Zechariah has a prophecy concerning his savior. Uh, The birth of Jesus is the fulfillment of the Davidic Covenant In verse 68, God is called Lord God to remind the people of the Hebrew divine title, Yahweh Elohim. He's also described as a redeemer. And that's calling to mind the role of the nearest kinsman within covenant law to ransom kins from death, I mean death, slavery, and imprisonment. So when you had a redeemer... If somebody was in debt in the Bible and they got put into slavery, they would reach out to find the nearest relative to them. And that nearest relative would come in and redeem them, save them from slavery, save them from the debt that they had, save them from the imprisonment that they had. And Zechariah Zechariah is singing because he knows that John the Baptist has been born and John the Baptist is going to make way for Jesus the Christ and that they're going to have somebody that is going to get them out of the debt and imprisonment and the slavery to sin and death. That is something that was worth talking about. He wasn't talking for months on end. He had to write what he needed to say on a tablet, but when he finally got time to talk, he wanted to talk about salvation. And this birth of Jesus is assuring uh, the covenant And not only that, there's a prophecy concerning Zechariah's son, because he understands that this is not just about John the Baptist, great name, but it's also about Jesus the Christ. And he knows that John the Baptist is going to prepare the way for the Lord and proclaim the words of the Lord. Jesus is the son of the most high and John the Baptist is the prophet of the most high. And so Zechariah is singing because he's happy, but he's also prophesying. He foresaw the specific role that his son was going to play in the history of his people, that he would pave the way to point to the path of salvation and you child will be called a prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord and prepare his ways he knew even though that baby was eight years old he was going to be the voice in the wilderness crying out prepare ye the way of the Lord he knew that when they asked this young man even though he was only eight days old at the time are you the Messiah he would say no I'm not the Messiah but the one who is coming I'm not even going to be able to tie his his shoes. He knew even though that baby was eight years old that something big was inside of him and he was able to see that because the Lord had put that in him. Yeah. Zechariah was happy and he wanted to remind us all that we were rescued from the penalty of sin. And because we were rescued from the penalty of sin, we need to think about how we should honor our rescuer. What better way to honor somebody who has saved our lives than to serve him without fear 
and serve him in holiness and serve him in righteousness all our days. What better way to do that? Our souls have been saved. We ought to be able to do some work for the kingdom. Our souls have been saved. We ought to be able to want to share that with somebody else. Our souls have been saved. We ought not be keeping up oppressive structures. Is the microphone still working? Our souls have been saved. We've gotten our whole being taken care of, so we should be able to take care of somebody else's whole being. This is all in anticipation. This is something that has not happened yet, but, but, but Zechariah was able to, uh, it's happened to us, but it had not happened when Zechariah was singing this song. But because he thought about the future, that's why he sang the song. That's why he was able to prophesy. It hadn't happened yet, but he knew it was going to happen. And because he knew it was going to happen, he was willing to serve. We should be able to serve and be willing to serve that much more because not only did we uh, get past that, but we've, we've been able to see that. We, we know from the end that John the Baptist came. We already know that his cousin, Jesus the Christ, came. We already know that he lived a life that we couldn't live. We already know that he willingly sacrificed himself for us when he did not have to. We already know that he was crucified and got up on the third day with all power in his hands. If Christ could do all of that, if John the Baptist could do all of that, the least we can do is be willing to serve the Lord our God. For he has given us life and life more abundantly. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. God, we thank you for the word that went forth. We thank you for those who heard it and those who will hear it later. That if they don't know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of their sins, that they will want to get to know him and they'll ask, what must I do to become saved? Lord God, we ask that you bless this message, that you bless those who heard it and those who will hear it later, that they'll want to know Christ in the pardoning of their sins. Let this be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold. It is in the precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.